name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I read an interesting story the other day where this, uh, I think it was a 15 and 16 year old kid spent 14 hours trying to take the perfect selfie to post on Instagram and was not able to do it. That's obviously an extreme example, and it's anecdotal, but nevertheless, it is an extreme example of perfectionism. It's an extreme example of the desire to control the situations around us and make them so perfectly fitting for us uh, and making that contingent for our happiness. That means that this unfortunate young man would not find happiness until he took the, ex I, I can't imagine what that would have been like, but he can't, could not be happy until he took the exact image that he wanted to post on Instagram. Again, that's an extreme example of a principle. The principle is that perfectionism is a kind of disorder whereby we have to have everything around us, all the circumstances of our lives, exactly the way we think they should be until we can finally relax, until we can finally rest and be at peace and be happy. That's very much against the spirit of the gospel and even the spirit of God, which says that we work within all the concrete circumstances of our lives and it is through them and through their imperfections and through their difficulties and the suffering and the crosses that's inherent in all these things. It is going through these things and withholding all of them that we really reach a kind of peace. In the gospel reading, Jesus makes a distinction between two types of children. And he does tell us in the Gospel of Matthew, this is from the Gospel of Luke, he does tell us in the Gospel of Matthew, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what kind of child is he talking about? He makes a distinction between two types of children. There's here the children of the marketplace. Jesus begins his Gospel reading, to what shall I compare the men of this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace. Well, what do children sitting in the marketplace do? We piped to you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not weep. The children in the marketplace are the ones that want to control the situation around them, including people. I'm singing and you're not dancing to my tune. You're doing something that's wrong. You're bad. You're not a good person because you're not doing the thing that I want. I'm wailing now. Now you can see that I'm visibly sad. Hello, I'm throwing a tantrum, and you're not responding to my tantrum? You're wrong. You're bad. You need to change something about yourself. This is the children of the marketplace. This is otherwise what we would call adolescence, somebody that is stuck in a five-year-old's body. An adolescent, somebody that expects everything and everybody around them, the whole world around him, to respond to every emotional stimuli. That's just not how things are supposed to go, though. That's the children, those are the children in the marketplace for Jesus. Why do I re, uh, compare this to perfectionism? Because perfectionism is, perfectionism is exactly the same thing. Until everything around me 
or until everybody around me does what I want, acts the way I want them to act, behaves the way I want them to behave, until everything is perfectly ordered around me the way I want it to look, I'm going to throw a tantrum until I get what I want. The children in the marketplace, unfortunately, really don't enter the kingdom of God. I have to say that as bluntly as possible, and it's because it's impossible almost. Barring some infinite mercy in the prayers of some beloved people, saints, it would be impossible because a perfectionist, an adolescent in an adult's body, simply has hardened their hearts so much towards other people that they have, they can no longer see the personhood in somebody else. I'm singing to you and you're not dancing. All that means is you, your only worth, your only dignity is to respond to me. I am the center of your life. And if you don't respond to me, then you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It doesn't recognize the goodness of the other person or their dignity or the fact that they have their own relationship with God and their own life and their own worth and their own vocation and their own calling and their own glory that God is preparing for them. As opposed to the children of wisdom, which Jesus mentions at the end of the gospel reading, wisdom is justified by all her children. What are the children of wisdom? In another place, Jesus calls them the children of light. The children of wisdom, well, the prime example of the child of wisdom is Christ himself. Mary is a child of wisdom, a child of light. What is the child of wisdom? One who sees the world around him, who sees the people around them, and lives with them, and works with them, and is a team player. Somebody that understands that things are not going to be perfect. People are not going to, to act the way I want them to act all the time. And yet, I have to include myself. I'm not just going to bend. I'm not just going to control. I'm not just going to exercise power and authority to bend everything to my desires. I'm going to work with all these things, and therefore, I'm going to be united with these people and with these things. That's what our Lord does. Does not, if you notice, the world hasn't gotten any better since Jesus came and died and rose from the dead. It has not. There are still rampant sins. There's still all kinds of injustice. There's still war. There are still catastrophes. There are still natural disasters. There's still evil running around everywhere, and it seems like it's winning. Why is that? Because Jesus does not bend the whole world to his will. Jesus does not, he's not a controlling person. Jesus works from within. And by an act of love, by an act of sacrifice, he changes people. What's the distinction then between the children of the marketplace and the children of wisdom? I think there's one specific difference that all of us can think about. The children of the marketplace, we piped to you and you did not dance, we wailed and you did not weep. You're not doing what I want, and therefore I'm not happy, therefore I'm upset. The children of the marketplace blame everybody else around them or the circumstances around them for their internal problems. The children of the marketplace blame the external circumstances for their internal issues. 
Whereas the children of wisdom, this is what Jesus says when he says, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That word turn has the connotation of repentance, reform, change. The children of wisdom understand that they must change in order to be happy, in order to be at peace, in order to be at rest. When Jesus says, repent, and I've said this plenty of times in my homilies, metanoiete, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's saying, you have to change. Don't change anybody or anything around you. You're the one that has to change. The children of wisdom and the children of light, those illumined by God, understand that joy, happiness, peace, and rest, they come from within human beings. They come from the heart, because in the heart, that's where God and human beings dwell together. Change the internal life, and everything else will change as well. When Jesus says, you hypocrites to the Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup so beautifully, and yet the inside is all rusted. Clean the inside of the cup, and the outside will be cleansed as well. He's speaking about the human heart. Clean the inside of your hearts, and everything else will be fine too. It will follow suit. The children of, mar the, of the marketplace, however, they'll say, no, you're not dancing to my tune. You're not crying when I'm sad. You're not responding to my every emotional stimuli. And therefore, I'm not happy. And I'm not happy, and it's your fault that I'm not happy. You have to change. Things are not looking the way I want them to look. This selfie doesn't have the light that I, that I want it to have. It doesn't have that exotic look to it that I want it to have. And therefore, I'm not happy. Brothers and sisters, am I saying that selfies are bad? No. I'm saying they're utterly evil, which they are. Am I saying that people are always going, that people are excused for not acting well around us? No, I'm not saying that. Am I saying that the world is perfectly fine and we just have to conform ourselves to it? No, I'm not saying that either. I'm saying there is evil and there are evil people. I'm saying that things are not always going to be perfect and yet something about our hearts needs to change in order to live with it and that's where God will respond. That's where God and us dwell together and it is in that relationship with God found through imperfection, through evil, not circumventing it, not going around it. That's where we find true peace and true rest. Amen.